Good evening. Good to see everyone here tonight. Look like we got a good number. Weather's a little nicer this week. Don't have to bundle up quite as much. But before we begin our lesson, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we have to come together and to open up your word and to study from it. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that as we study it, that we're, we have unity, that we, that we interpret your word, that we have unity in that interpretation, which brings unity to the body. Dear Heavenly Father, we also are mindful of Sarah who came forward. We pray that you be with her, comfort her, be with the healthcare professionals that will be administering to her. Please be with her family members and strengthen them as she goes through these uh, tough times. We pray that we will be a support and that we can encourage her. We ask you to be with the Kenneth Grizzle family as they are suffering a loss. We pray that you comfort them as only you can. And we know that there are others who are suffering, others who have lost loved ones. We pray that you be with them as well. And we thank you once again for your son and the sacrifice that he made for us. And we're so thankful for your word. All these things we ask in your son's holy name. Amen. Tonight, we're going to be studying Jesus prayed for himself and his apostles. We're going to be in John chapter 17, and we're going to be studying in verses 1 through 19. And then we're also going to jump back in the book of John and pull out some relevant study as well. I hope you all have enjoyed this study of prayer much as much as I have. We've over this quarter, we've studied Mary's prayer, Jesus' personal prayer life, Jesus teaching how to pray, times that Jesus prayed, praying persistently, humility and honesty in prayer, praying boldly, and the parable of the unforgiving servant. Of course, tonight we're going to be praying Jesus prays for himself and the apostles. Starting at John chapter 17. 1 through 19. Jesus spoke these things, lifting up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorify you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. You can reference that at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 if you don't have that note in your Bible. I have manifested your name. To the men whom you gave me out of the world, they were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words which you gave me I have given to them, and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. I ask on their behalf 
I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those who you have given me, for they are yours, and all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you've given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, and they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Reading this verse reminded me of so many times in Scripture that Jesus has said similar but opposite that his time was not come. Does that ring a bell with you? How many times did Jesus say through all of his close calls and how many times that the Jews approached to kill him, how many times he said this? Many, many times through Scripture. If you would, turn with me back to John chapter 7, and we're going to read through one of these, one of these examples and talk about it. John chapter 7. Begin at verse 1. After these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee, for he was unwilling to walk in Judea, because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the feast of the Jews, the feast of the booths, was near. Therefore his brothers said to him, Leave here and go into Judea, so that your disciples also may see your works, which you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for not even his brothers were believing in him. So Jesus said to them, My time is not yet here, but your time is always opportune. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify of it, that its deeds are evil. Go up to the feast yourselves, I do not go up to this feast because my time has not yet fully come. Having said these things to them, he stayed in Galilee. Now, I would assume that Jesus here at this point, that, that he's afraid of what's going to happen to his disciples. Because they're not only after him, but they are after his disciples as well. But it, it's, it's truly amazing how Jesus goes through this. And how clever he is with so many times that he he eludes the Jews who are trying to kill him. Verse 14. But when it was now in the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began to teach. 
The Jews then were astonished, saying, How has this man become learned, having never been educated? Now notice the Jews are astonished. But Jesus, knowing that they're seeking his life, ends up in the temple to teach. Why did he wait? Why did he not go up with his disciples? Okay. Time wasn't right. What else? Okay. But it just it's just interesting that he kind of lags behind. And that's why I say it's not written in script, but I'm assuming Jesus was praying for his he was praying hard and he was praying for what he was about to face. But he goes straight to the temple. Verse 16. So Jesus answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. Now, Jesus starts drawing the crowd in at this point. Jesus clarifies himself in what he's saying. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, other words being selfish or selfishness. But he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. It be obedient or humble. Verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you carries out the law? Why do you seek to kill me? Jesus gets real pointed here, if you notice. The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who seeks to kill you? Verse 21. Jesus answers them, I did one deed, and you marvel. For this reason Moses has given you circumcision, not because it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And on the Sabbath you circumcise a man. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses will not be broken, are you angry with me because I made an entire man well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Now notice too that Jesus' teaching here is starting to work on the crowd in the temple. Now why is he pointing this out about the Sabbath? Was circumcising someone considered work? You know, the, the, the Jews had added so many things to what you couldn't do on the Sabbath. You, you could barely breathe. I mean, there were so many things. It, it was never taught that you couldn't help somebody. You know, if an ox, if your neighbor's ox was in a ditch, you could help them get the ox out of the ditch. If someone needed health care, it, it, it wasn't the same as work. But the Jews had put so many stipulations on this Sabbath day that that was one of the big things that they had with Jesus when he would heal somebody on the Sabbath. It's like it's it's the Sabbath. You can't can't do that. They didn't look at the good works that he was doing. Okay, verse verse 25. So some of the people in Jerusalem were saying, Is this not the man whom they are seeking to kill? So the word has gotten out. Everybody knows that, that the Jews are seeking to kill Jesus. Verse 26. Look, he is speaking publicly, and they are saying nothing to him. The rulers do not really know that this is the Christ, do they? Verse 27. However, we know where this man is from. But wherever the Christ may come, no one knows where he is from. Now, notice how Jesus, he is working the crowd. 
They're reasoning amongst themselves. He's he's using the crowd for his advantage. Now in verse 28, don't ever think Jesus doesn't get emotional or he doesn't get loud. Jesus cried out in the temple teaching and saying, You both know me and know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true. Whom you, you do not know, I know him because I am from him and he sent me. Where else does Jesus get loud or get angry? When you overturn the, the money changer tables? Where else? When is he when is he calm? How about when they caught the the woman in adultery? What did he do? Right? Very calm, very it just it's so neat how he is so different in different situations. He he gets angry sometimes. Here he cries out. He wants people to to hear him. And he hears these people reasoning him in the crowd. You know, Jesus was God in the flesh. He had a little more perception than you and I about what people were thinking. He 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 knew what was going on out there in that crowd. I, I think that's that's something we sometimes that we don't realize when we read these scriptures that Jesus knew the people's hearts. And and that this is one way that he if 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 you'll notice in all these situations, do you do you ever remember in any circumstance where Jesus did all these miracles? He walked on the Sea of Galilee, he he caused he made the lame to walk, the blind to see, he raised the dead, and you know, did he ever use any kind of supernatural miraculous defense from the Jews or anyone who was trying to harm him. Do you ever wonder why? Do you, you always notice that whenever whenever he slips away, he has he's used the crowd as his defense. Because there's always those who are believing in him. There's always those who are kind of on the fence. And then you have those who are trying to get to him to kill him. But he never uses any kind of supernatural force. He uses his teaching. He uses the truth. I just think it is so neat how how when you read through these different scenarios about how he handled the crowd and how he 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 kept realizing that his time had not yet come and he was going to continue the teaching. He was going to continue slipping away coming back, slipping away, coming back. If, if you'll notice all the way through the Gospels, this is just happens over and over and over. All right, let's, let's continue on. This teaching of Jesus has stirred up the crowd. He has demonstrated his healing power to them earlier in chapter 5. In Jerusalem, he had healed the man at the sheep gate pool the Jews were persecuting Jesus after this because he had healed this man on the Sabbath. But they were seeking to kill him because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but was also calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus was very clever in his teaching, and he was constantly on the move. That's something else that I think is so, so neat about Jesus. He, he was constantly moving. He was constantly going from across the Sea of Galilee. He was he was constantly moving. He never stayed in one spot. 
and it it just it's just so neat how how he was so on the move constantly. Okay, let's move on. Right. No. No. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Can y'all hear Danny? Danny was saying that it, it seems like a lot of the stories that are recorded are recorded on the weekend and that maybe that he actually was working a job or something during the week. I never really thought about that, but it's true. You listen to some of the stories. Okay, let's move on. This this was just before the feeding of the 5,000. The second example I'd like to look at is John chapter 6 and verse 15. John chapter 6 and verse 15. So Jesus, perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. At this point here, no. Jeremy talked about this some in one of his lessons about how Jesus often went off to himself alone to pray. And I would think right here he was he would be praying because that evening would be the evening that he would be walking on the Sea of Galilee to meet the disciples crossing over to Capernaum. If you if you read that instance there, the the disciples, it says that they had rowed approximately three miles. And it was approximately 6.3 miles from Tiberias to Capernaum. So Jesus met them halfway on the Sea of Galilee, walking on the water. Can you imagine rowing a boat three miles? I mean, just, I mean, we, sometimes we, we don't realize what, what some of these people were reading about went through every day. And the Sea of Galilee could become really, really stormy quick. And evidently, it, it had done that at this point. But then you think about Jesus, too. He was on the mountain praying, and then next, he's walking three miles on the Sea of Galilee to meet the disciples. I'd say he was doing a whole lot of praying during this time. And hopefully, I'm sure the disciples were as well. If they're stuck on the Sea of Galilee in a storm, and they see Jesus. And another, another interesting point that, that it's funny, too, how Jesus, I got to thinking about the miracles and the things that he does and who he does them with and to. See, he was still building the, the disciples' faith here. I mean, no, no, no one else could see him walking on the water but the disciples. But he was still building their faith as he was working the crowds at the temple. You see, Jesus, he is, his miracles are going to touch so many different people. Something else I, I was thinking about during this is, is we hear about how these Jews, we're going to get into that a little bit here in just a minute, about how some of them were almost believing. They were right there. But then, I, you know, you get to thinking about the way Jesus came into the world, the virgin birth. How many people do you think knew about the virgin birth? You ever think about that? Just think back in that time. How many people actually knew that Jesus came into the world by virgin birth? We have it written. And it's, you know, Christmas revolves around it. But how many people do you think actually knew of the virgin birth? They did. But, you know, you, you think it's a lot of this, that, that particular Gabriel coming to Mary. That particular incident was to build their faith. Think about it. 
They're the ones that knew about it. They're the ones that were approached by Gabriel. That had to be established for them first, for Jesus to come into the world and for them to know who he was. It really didn't matter to anybody else other than it fulfilling the prophecy. I know I'm chasing a rabbit, but I like to I like to think about these things. So I'm going to move on. John chapter 2, starting at verse 22. At the feast of the dedication had took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking into temple in the portico of Solomon. The Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. You see here, the Jews are, they're, they're wandering. Is this the Christ? And, and they want a specific answer. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I am the Father, I and the Father are one. And then again, you can reference that back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Verse 31, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you being a man make yourself out to be God. Jesus answers, answered them, Has it not been written in your law? I said, You are gods. And this is a reference to Psalm chapter 82 and verse 6. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scriptures cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, You are blaspheming, because I said I am the Son of God. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. Believe the works so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I in the Father. Therefore, they were seeking again to seize him, and he eluded their grasp. That's verse 39. Chapter 10. I think it's right, unless I wrote my note down wrong. Chapter 10. Something else, too, I, it was, it's kind of interesting about this part of Scripture. The part in verse, verse 29. Let's see. Yeah, verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. I was studying with a, a young man one time, and he had been taught that once saved, you were always saved. And this is the scripture that, that he was using. And, you know, it it, it was kind of, I, I told him, you know, I said, you know, you, as long as you're following the Father and not willfully sinning, that is true. But the verse says that if you back up, 
to verse 26, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life to them, and they will never perish. And that's where I went back to. I was like, well, you you have to follow. If you just willfully go sin, you're not following Christ anymore. So this verse does not cover you if you're not still following Christ. You're, you know, a lot of, they were taking it out of context, but a lot of folks that believe in once saved, always saved, that, that will be the scripture that they, they will base their belief on. But I thought that was interesting. Questions or comments? We got about 10 minutes. Y'all quiet tonight. Okay. All right. Well, let's jump back over to John chapter 17. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it it right. Right. So good point. Anybody else? All right, let's let's read some more through these through seventeen here. I just want to pull out a few things. Yes. But I will state, you know, every soul much of a blessing your heart. We're like a lake. I know there's several in here has been been to the Holy Lands. It's an interesting place from what I understand. You know, it, it probably makes it a lot more real if you've seen a lot of it firsthand. One part I wanted to, in this prayer here, where, G, where Jesus was talking about not praying for those in the world. Let me see if I can find it here. I've lost my place where it was. Let's see. Mercy. Uh, no, see. Yeah, there's a part where it says, yeah, here it is. 14, have given them your word and the, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Now, that's still not the part I'm looking for. It's talking about he, he was praying for them, but not those of the world. Okay. I ask on their behalf, I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all things are mine are yours, and yours are mine. I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I came to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be even as we are. Jeremy will get into a little bit more of this next week. He will be finishing out on the rest of this chapter. But this is just before Judas betrays Jesus. All the miracles, all of his teaching is pretty much finished. And he's got to the point to where evidently the the disciples understand now kind of what's going to happen. And it's taken a lot of time to get them to that point. It's this is kind of the point to where he's okay. I've finished the work, and now what's going to happen next? Of course, the biggest miracle of all will be on the third day when when he is raised from the dead. But Jesus has finished his work here, and he is preparing his disciples to to go on without him. You know, he's praying for their safety, and you know, once Jesus is gone, 
they're going to be they're going to be after the disciples as well. It's just inevitable. But I, I think the application here for us is we need to pray for each other. We're just like the disciples here. We're trying to get through this life. We're trying to teach others about Jesus, praying for each other and looking after each other. The unity is what it's going to take to get us all through where we need to go and to get us to heaven. You know, Jesus prayed for the disciples, and I'm sure the disciples prayed for him as well. And that's what we need to do for each Comments or questions? I chased too many rabbit trails, but hopefully you got something out of it. But I just like to kind of think outside the box sometimes. You know, you try to put yourself back in that time and and make it real. But thank you all for coming. That's all I got. (laughs) 